You're listening to Two Smart Assets with Chris Thompson and Danny Nichols. This is your source for passive investing and real estate syndications. It's time for us to gain knowledge and take action. So let's go. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, here once again with my co-host, Chris Thompson. Good day to you, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. You know, we've got another great episode this week. Tell the listeners what we're talking about today. Okay, yeah. Today was a really good week. Uh, today, we spoke with Tim Lyons from Cityside Capital. Uh, Tim is a lieutenant in the New York Fire Department. And he's also uh, an active investor in multifamily real estate. Uh, today, we really spoke about like how he got started and, and the importance of taking action. Okay. We also talked about the importance of like developing your big why. Okay. And, and also why multifamily, why syndication? He had a lot of good stuff to say and uh, he was awesome to talk to. A lot of good stuff. This is a great episode and you know, Tim was a great guest. Can't wait to share this with the listeners for sure. But uh, before we do that, uh, we want to just give a shout out to all the listeners. We really appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and written review. It really helps us grow the podcast, attract more guests, and ultimately provide better information for everyone listening. And if you're a passive investor or looking to get into passive investing, then head over to our website at twosmartassets.com. There you can grab our guide for passive investing in apartment syndications. Just a great introduction to the world of passive investing in apartment syndications. So make sure to check that out. Also, grab our sample deal. This is going to help you get comfortable with looking at these type of deals. Uh, so when the real opportunities come your way, you'll be ready. And if you have any questions about what's in either of these resources, drop us a line anytime on our website's contact us page, or you can message us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. We're posting some great content on there, so make sure to follow us and start connecting. All right, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Today's guest is Tim Lyons. Tim is currently a lieutenant in the New York City Fire Department. Until recently, he also worked part-time as an emergency room RN at Level 1 Trauma Center for eight years. He brings years of real-world management and leadership experience to his real estate investment career. Tim's initial goal with real estate was to create passive income and in turn, be able to spend more time with his wife and three girls. After partnering on a multifamily property, he saw firsthand the power of real estate investing as an opportunity to create passive income and build wealth for his family. He started Cityside Capital with the goal of uh, not only growing his own portfolio, but also to help others realize the power that real estate investing can have on the creating wealth. He graduated from Providence College in 2005 and can often be spotted in the crowd when the Friars play in Madison Square Garden, New York City. Tim, it's great to see you, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you here, man. Absolutely, man. You know, it's our pleasure to speak with you today. And uh, just uh, first off, I want to say we appreciate your work with the fire department. Uh, I have a few members of my family who are uh, firefighters and work various roles in the fire department. So really, truly appreciate your efforts there. And, uh, you know, we, have an, we know that you have an interesting story. And uh, so let's just start with that, man. Uh, tell us a bit Thanks. more about that story and how you got into real estate. Yeah. So, uh, well, thanks for, thanks for that because it's a, uh, it's, it's a pleasure to be able to go to work and just love what you do and have that sense of fulfillment. Um, but that being said, I mean, I obviously got into real estate for a reason, right? So, uh, I became a fireman in 05 and it was a lifelong dream. I, uh, got a police scanner when I was eight from, from Santa Claus and I attached it to my bike and I used to, uh, travel around the surrounding towns, just chasing after fire engines and, uh, I could never shake it. So went to college and uh, before you know it, I was in the academy and, you know, um, it was great. And I, you know, when you walk into the firehouse, you really get a sense of like how life changes because it's a different world. And a 
lot of the guys that I work with, I would say most guys, they have a second job. So a lot of guys are really handy with their hands and they're contractors and roofers and plumbers. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I was, I grew up in a, in a house that uh, my dad was allergic to a hammer. So I really didn't have those skills kind of growing up, you know? Um, so uh, that really wasn't for me. So uh, a bunch of guys that I work with were nurses and there was three of them and they had the nice cars and their wives, you know, stayed home with the kids and um, they seemed to be living the dream as they say. So um, once upon a time in college, I had been pre-med and that lasted for about 15 minutes uh, before <laughs> I, I joined a uh, fraternity. And uh, so I had an interest, you know, so I had an interest there and everything. And, you know, so I went to nursing school. I just, uh, you know, four days a week, I was in nursing school and I did my, my 24s around that. And it was crazy town USA, but I got it done. Uh, ended up working in a, uh, a major medical center and <clears throat> ended up in the ER and life was good. I mean, I was, I was getting all the work that I wanted. If I wanted more work, I always had it. And I was, you know, it was, it was fun to work there and I had all these skills and whatnot. But, you know, when my girls were little, uh, back when I only had two girls, they didn't really miss you know, me not being home all the time. Like they didn't, well, I'm sure they did, but like they didn't ask a lot of questions and the older they got and I'm starting to be more involved in coaching and, and, you know, volunteering and just trying to be, you know, more of a presence. Um, I would come home from a 24 at night and, you know, before you know it, they'd be all upset calling me at the hospital the next day. Like daddy, you just got home. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're not going to come home till eight o'clock tonight. You know? So it started to wear on me and I, you know, I'm talking to my wife. I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. You know, so I, I mean, the light really got turned on and it sounds so cliche, but it's true. I mean, I was on the beach uh, on vacation in the Outer Banks, North Carolina with my family, my brothers, my dad, everybody. And I, I had a book in my bag for about a year and a half and it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, right? Uh, yes. <clears throat> and you pretty much hear that book on every, every podcast. Um, but I finally broke it out of the bag and I finally read it and I couldn't put it down. Um, I mean, I always say that like, you know, I'm trying to build a sandcastle with one hand and I had the book in the other. I just couldn't put it down. So, uh, two days later I'm done with it and I, I'm sitting on the beach with my wife and, uh, I kind of look over at her and I'm like, babe, I'm like, I'm going to be a real estate investor. And she's like, yeah, you are Tim. <laughs> of course. <laughs> He's like, whatever, dude, you know? Right. So, um, but she knows, like, my wife's great. Um, she knows that, like, she saw me go through nursing school. She saw me put in the hours. She saw me just crush it, right? And she knows that if I put my mind to something, uh, and I've been talking about real estate, you know, on and off throughout the years. It's always something that, um, I mean, you know, everybody talks about, like, you know, when I retire or when I have more time or, you know, when I have more money, um, you know, it's always when. Um, and they call that the, I, I found out there's a name for that. Um, it's called the arrival fallacy or the destination fallacy. Mm. Um, you know, when I get to that, I'll, I'll do this. And, <clears throat> you know, I finally just said to myself, I'm like, I got to make a decision. I got to, I got to, you know, I got to look into this. So I did, I just committed to myself. I, I was a news junkie a couple hours a day, you know, and I, I didn't watch any more news. Um, I was all over Pandora when I was in the car. I got rid of Pandora and I just listened to podcasts. And then I um, got into Audible, and then my local library has free ten free downloads a month on you know audiobooks, and I just I just consume content like crazy, and I just didn't know where I fit in in the real estate world. You know who who would have thought there's like fifty million ways to make money in real estate, and um, you know so 
I think my wife and I needed that proof of concept. And that's when I came upon this three family property that I bought first. Um, so read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, July of 19. And by November of 19, I'm the proud owner of a three family property. And, you know, it took, took four months. Um, Good. I was gonna that. say that that's amazing, man. That's a that's some yeah. taking action right there. That's a that's a pretty impressive. And you know, the one thing I really want to touch on because I love your story. Uh, but you know, when we were first getting started, we heard over and over again uh, about the importance of knowing what your big why was. You know, and honestly, uh, I know I struggled with this initially, and uh, I think Chris might have as well. I mean, it was just just the idea of coming up with this big why because it wasn't apparent to us at first what that reason was. And uh, but you know, after hearing your story, can you talk to us a little bit about why it's so important to have that big why. Yeah, I mean, so what's your big why? I mean, it's it's a great question. It's one that you hear on a ton of podcasts and on all the literature. Uh, and it's because, you know, on those days and or nights where you're like, man, like, uh, I thought I was going to be a real estate investor. I told myself I'm a real estate investor, but I don't have any properties or this is getting hard or I don't understand how to get this done or I'm losing too many deals. You know, the idea is to have that big why in the back of your mind saying, well, you're doing this to create wealth for your family. You're doing this to be able to, you know, retire from the fire department and work in real estate full time and be home and build generational wealth. And, you know, when you start talking to yourself like that, it becomes clear, like <clears throat> I can either sit here at my desk and say, this is too hard um, and then go back on the couch and pop in some, uh, some microwave popcorn and start watching some Netflix or I can get to work. And I can re go read another book or I can go find a podcast or I can go call somebody. I can find a mentor. I can do so many other things, but sit here and feel sorry. And, and that, you know, this is too hard. Right. So, uh, so my why was, you know, I, when I got on the fire department, um, I, I got on at a time when the retirement system was like still ancient. So I am, you know, grandfathered into a 20 year retirement and I got on when I was really young, dude, like right out of college. So, I literally could retire at 20 years and have a whole other career ahead of me. And like, that's something that, you know, doesn't exist for a lot of people anymore. And I, I want to have my health. Like a lot of guys, <clears throat> you know, part of my why is a lot of guys getting cancer. And when I got on the job in May of 05, you know, guys who were getting cancer, it was like, well, you know, it was always 9-11 related. Guys would talk about 9-11, 9-11 this, 9-11 that. And, you know, it was so easy to sweep that under the rug. But what, we're fa what we found, um, you know, is that young guys who weren't on the job 9-11 were getting cancer. And I can go into a whole podcast on that. But, you know, that's part of my why. Like, I want to be healthy. I want to be around for my kids. I want to, uh, you know, I love my job I, I, I have insane amount of fulfillment from being a firefighter I mean there's there's no better guys I love all of them um, but you know at the end of the day um, you know you got to do what's right for you and your family so that's it plays into my why so <clears throat> so I you know I kick it back to the three family right I, I, I purchase it I rehab it I put a new roof on new siding uh, and I'm realizing how quickly everything adds up and how much time I'm spending and my wife's like I thought you were going to buy real estate so you could be home more. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Um, so, you know, I quickly realized that uh, when I was all excited and I bought the first three family, I said to my wife, I'm like, babe, I'm like, we're going to buy 30 of these things and we're going to be on easy street. It's going to be great. And when I realized how much work it was being a landlord, I was like, holy cow, like this is insane. But at the same time, I was getting an education. Like, I was learning how to do it. I was learning how to put down, you know, uh, luxury vinyl tile floor and, and, 
doing sheetrock and all these things that I could do, but I never really wanted to and whatever, rather just pay somebody. Well, now I'm doing it by myself and I'm painting and it took forever. Um, but it was great, right? So I get the, I get the renters out in, in there and cash flowing and it's sick. And, you know, we did a little better on our tax return in, you know, this year and my wife had that proof of concept and so did I. Um, but I just also knew that it wasn't scalable and, you know, um, and quite frankly, I was going to run out of capital probably after my next purchase. So, and, you know, so then what? So am I going to start raising money for 100-year-old three-family properties? Um, you know, like, is that, a, is that a scalable model? So, you know, I'm back to the drawing board. Um, and obviously, this is all happening in the last, like, year and a half. So it's like an Crazy. insanely quick timeline. Um, but I guess I just, like, I really committed to this, and I just was determined to figure it out. So... I had heard about multifamily. I've been to meetups. People have spoken about multifamily. When they got the spreadsheet out, I basically got glazed over and I was like, oh my God, like, I can't do that. <clears throat> um, you know, talking about, you know, picking a market and going after brokers and LOIs and deals and deal flow and, you know, and all this stuff. And I was like, man, that sounds super complicated. I just don't even want to talk about it. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I need to look at that. So I did. I, I started looking at multifamily, started reading all the books, getting onto the podcast, you know, crushing through material. And I, I quickly found that anybody who is anybody on the podcast that we hear, uh, they all had a, co a coach or a mentor. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs surrounding that. I didn't think that I needed a coach or a mentor. I, I don't know what it was, but I was like, why can't I just figure it out on my own? I just figured out the three families. So, um, but I did, you know, so I talked to a bunch of people and started doing some networking through LinkedIn and Facebook. And, um, everyone's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta get onto uh, a mentorship program. If you want to go and scale and learn this from the ground up and do it quickly. So I ended up, um, I ended up vetting three different sponsors and, uh, I ended up going with the Jake and Gino program. You guys know Jake and Gino from oh, Three yeah. Ball Profits, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and it was the single-handed best idea that I had in 2020. You know, it was insane. Like, I those guys are just tremendous. The community is tremendous. Um, you know, I'm, I I'm, act, say, I'm actually glad you brought this up, man, because, uh, yeah. you know, we've actually had a, a few of the Jake and Gino members on our, on our show before mm -hmm. great guys. And, uh, we've talked to uh, a number of other people within that community and I got to be honest with you, man. Um, we haven't heard one single negative thing about that group and the people in that group. So I think that's, mm -hmm. uh, I think it's just a testament to the, to the group itself that uh, even you were saying, you know, um, how great they are. Um, I kind of want to dive into that because a lot of people look for mentors yeah. and coaches and stuff like that. So you're talking about, you know, you, you talk to some other people, but what, and you talk to maybe, you know, I think you said three other coaches, mentors, whatever. What was your strategy in determining who you were going to go with? You know what I mean? I, ultimately you ended up with the Jake and Gino group, uh, but you know, what was your, did you have some sort of a criteria or something you were looking for to really make it like, I'm going to pick this group for sure. Uh, to be a hundred percent transparent, it was cost. <laughs> ah, so go. in the beginning, in the beginning, it was cost. Uh, what I going through that process, um, and that was one of my limiting beliefs, right? I'm like, all right, who has the cheapest program with the best material, and that's who I'm going to go with. Um, going through the process and talking to the uh, the, the different sponsors, um, you quickly realize that you get a feeling, 
right? So you get a mm-hmm. feeling and that gut feeling tells you, yes, I belong here. No, I don't. And, you know, there's, it was kind of hard to find, you know, pricing online, like Googling or bigger pockets. Nobody really had it on there. So, um, and you know, it's not, they don't exactly lead off with that either. So you kind of go through the process and then you find out. Right. But so, you know, with the Jake and Gino program, they have two guys, man, they're aces, Dylan uh, McGow and Josh Rosen, and they are just awesome. And they're, you know, they, they dive in, they want to know about your goals. They want to know about who you are, what you've been through, what your experiences are, where you want to be, where you want to go, where you, you know, all that stuff. Whereas the other people were more nuts and bolts. All right, this is what you get. This is what it is. And that's it, you know? And, uh, you know, listen, I, they, they seem like great guys and I'm sure I would have flourished, you know, maybe anywhere, but, when I finally got to Jake and Gino, I was like, these guys blow everybody else away. And they just care about you. And even, even being a part of the community now, like they just care about you. It's, um, they care about your success. You know, there's accountability coaches, there's an accountability pod you get teamed up with, uh, that you meet with, you know, every two weeks and they really push you. And, you know, I mean, you get out of it what you put into it, but at the same time, there's a lot of layers in that program that can really help you succeed. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I had a chance to go to my first live event in Knoxville, Tennessee back in July uh, when like the COVID restrictions were finally lifted. Right. Right. And dude, that was amazing. There was like 60 of us there and the power of the proximity, like just meeting people that you met on zoom, but you haven't met in person. And, you know, just having those conversations, having breakfast, lunch and dinner with somebody is way different than hopping on a zoom call uh, once a week or something, you know? So, um, and to be quite honest, I wouldn't be where I am today without Jake and Gino's program because, you know, I, I met my partner there. Uh, so, uh, and he was a super experienced, you know, syndicator and, uh, we hit it off and, you know, I am where I am today because of that. Powerful stuff. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I think, uh, you know, the importance of finding that mentor or coach cannot be uh, overstated. You know, it's, it's really important, especially if you find the right group. And like you said, you know, you're looking for something maybe cost efficient, but at the same time, you know, you've might've spent so much money to get in this group, but what you've gotten out of it so far is maybe invaluable, you know, I mean, just priceless, really, you know, you found this partner, you're going to do some syndications, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows if that would have happened if you wouldn't have got this coach or, the, or joined this group, you know? Right. You know, so, to, be, to be quite honest, I was going to, I was going to go back to nursing school to get my master's degree and be like a nurse practitioner or uh, a nurse anesthetist. And that would have set me back like 60 or 80 grand. And it would have set me back, you know, two to three years of full-time schooling. And that would just put me back into the mix of the W2, you know, nightmare. Right. Uh, I still be on the wrong side of the cash flow quadrant. I still be on the wrong side absolutely. of all that stuff. Right. And I, yeah, to have a pension. I'd be still working 40, 50 hours a week, punching the clock with somebody else. Um, you know, and, and when you read those books um, about how you can't save your way to wealth, you know, you, you have to use leverage. You have to use uh, the velocity of money and you have to, you know, go out and eat what you kill. Right. So um, that was really my driving force behind, you know, getting into real estate. And, you know, when I first joined, I was going to try and take down a 12 unit or a 24 unit with my brother and my dad and, maybe some family and friends. And that was my goal. I never thought I was going to jump into a, uh, you know, $5.7 million syndication as my, as my first deal. You know? So 
That's awesome, man. That's uh, that's really awesome. And so uh, I kind of want to go back a little bit and I want to talk about kind of the first deal. You know, a lot of investors, including Chris and myself, start with single family homes. It's mm-hmm. just it's just the way it kind of transitions is where we started. It's where a lot of people started. But for you, you know, you jump straight into a multi-unit property and then quickly have gone into syndication. So uh, I want to ask you a question based on that. So in your in your with your experience in that first property, did you have some sort of challenges you had to overcome or some sort of influences that kind of pushed you like, Hey, you know what, we're really going to take this to the next level. Obviously you want to scale, but you know, you know, we want to take this next level. Let's do syndication. Were there some things with that first property that really kind of pushed you towards that? You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty risk averse person. So what I loved about the three family was that it was going to be tenanted. Two out of the three units were going to be tenanted. Uh, and then the first floor was going to have to be uh, rehabbed. So I knew going in that my bills were going to be paid. And the quicker I worked to get that first floor into action, uh, into service, um, that was going to be like the cash flow. So, you know, when looking at single family homes, you know, it was stressful to me to, to have uh, the idea that. I'm going to buy a property and then the minute somebody walks out and there's going to be a 30 to 45 to 60 day lapse, uh, if I'm lucky, uh, between right. tenants, um, that I, I'd be stuck, you know, and I just, I would have made it, I would, I would have made it work, you know, but that was just like stressful for me. So when the three family came my way and it was going to be tenanted and, you know, I could have, I could have pushed rents higher than I did, but I just, you know, they're solid people and I just wanted to keep them and, um, you know, it just made more sense. And then that's, you know, once I had that proof of concept, that's when I would say, all right, multifamily is what I want to do. Uh, now I need to figure out how to get there. That's uh, that's pretty good. It's kind of cool that you kind of identified, you know, like you already know your, your bills are paid. You've kind of assessed your risk tolerance, you know, to, to that end. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, we talk about along, uh, you know, all the time basically, but, uh, you know, I, I was actually curious, like, <clears throat> um, when it comes to like knowing yourself and your own personal risk tolerance, you know, before jumping into that investment, you know, what are some of those tougher questions that you, that someone needs to ask themselves or what'd you ask yourself when you were like going to uncover this info? Um, <clears throat> you know what I, I, I was, you know, when you're going to buy your first property, whether it's single family or duplex, you know, people, you go in bigger pockets, right? I mean, I was a bigger pockets junkie. I lost hours. I'm not, well, I didn't lose them, but I spent hours of my life on bigger pockets. And it's, you know, do you use conventional financing versus a commercial note? Do you buy it through an LLC or do you put a umbrella policy over your uh, primary home and you get a 30 year fixed um, conventional loan? <clears throat> I mean, all these things, I had to figure out and I was like, you know, you ask somebody and you get 10 different answers. Well, you ask 10 different people, you get 10 different answers. And, you know, finally, uh, someone's told me, Tim, getting, getting it done is better than getting it perfect. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I decided to purchase my first house with an LLC. Uh, I just wanted that safety. I wanted that, um, entity protection, you know, I mean, uh, asset protection through the entity. So, uh, but I had to get a commercial note. And a commercial note is way different than getting a conventional loan, right? So I went to my local bank and I thought it was going to be a breeze and it wasn't. I mean, they wanted everything. Like my, they wanted my firstborn's like blood sample, dude. It was crazy. <laughs> you know, and it was a 20-year uh, a amortizing note. 
uh, instead of the 30 years. So I was like, oh my God, like that's how it works. Like, but you know what? I did it. I got a great rate. Um, they, they were, they were great to work with. I mean, they knew I was a first time, you know, uh, real estate investor. So, you know, at the end of the day it got done. Would I do it the same way the next time? I don't know. Um, I don't know because the, the more you learn about cash flow and how, how valuable cash flow is, I might've liked to go the 30 year amortized, you know, amortized note, um, and really take that cash flow to the next level. But, um, you know, it was just getting, it was committing and take, it was taking action. Like I couldn't sit there any longer and go through book after book or article after article or podcast and say, well, I can do this or I can do that. I can do this or I can do that. I just had to do it. You know, I had to get in there and I had to do it. And once, once you do that, like you just feel accomplished and then you're like, all right, well, it works this way. My, my numbers still work doing it this way. So, all right, cool. I'm going to do it this way. Um, but I got to tell you, like going, you know, <clears throat> I started, I started with the Bigger Pockets podcast and then I quickly uh, added in Keith Weinhold's Get Rich Education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I highly recommend that. I just started on episode one for both of them. Um, and wow. I mean, first of all, Bigger Pockets. I mean, I think everybody Amazing. Right? I mean, yeah. You hear all these regular people, teachers, firefighters, cops, uh, a red robin waitress. I mean, you hear all these people, they're taking down properties, wholesaling, single families, house hacking, um, the bird method. I mean, the bird method was insane when I when I first kind of heard that term. I was like, that is that's the way to go. Like um, so, you know, um, it was it was I've only been doing this for a year and a half, right? But it was a I'm a content junkie and I just took it in and I just committed and I figured it out along the way. And I hear Brendan Turner talk about it here. All these people talk about it, but uh, it's true. And then as far as multifamily goes, people say, you know, why start with single family if you can go right to multis? But if you go to multis, you really need a mentor, whether you pay for it or not. You kind of have to, you know, what I call R&D, rip off and duplicate. If you, if somebody's successful, you know, Find out what they did, how they did, how they did it, and what they do, and then do the same thing. And you know, pretty much anybody I've called on. Uh, we were just talking before the show. I just you know I had a great conversation with a, with a big name in the business today. Um, anybody I've ever called on has taken my call. I mean, just because you see them on articles or the podcast or whatever doesn't mean that they're not not approachable. So. Um, I just taken my liberty. I just, you know, I, I email anybody, I'll call anybody and, you know, and you know, I just have a conversation. Um, and that's what really this business is all about is networking and meeting people and telling people what you're doing and, and just trying to R and D right. Man, you're, you're absolutely right. And that whole, you know, rip off and duplicate, man, that is spot on. You know, we're not, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. You know, we get to do what works and take off. And I love the fact that you brought up, brought up bigger pockets because that's how we got started. I mean, that was the, probably the first ever podcast that I even listened to at all, yeah. you know? And so, uh, just being able to go back and really listen to, you know, and learn from all those, uh, bigger pockets episodes is, is amazing. And, and the fact that, you know, when it comes to doing these deals or if it comes to like reaching out to somebody, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us can put up these mental roadblocks, you know, these, it's almost like a limiting belief really. And the fact that you're talking about, man, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and let analysis paralysis or some sort of mental roadblock stop me. No, I'm going to push through. I'm going to take action. I think that's so important. And, uh, I know that, you know, when I, when I first started with this, I had issues with that. Like, man, who am I? You know, I don't want to reach out to this person, whatever. But the great thing about, you know, this whole multifamily community or just a real estate investing community is for the most part, everybody that I've talked to, super welcoming, you know, they're, they're willing to help. They're going to, 
respond with an email. If you want to jump on a phone call, just schedule it, you know, more than willing to talk to you. So I think that's a, that's a fantastic point you brought up. And I think a lot of list, a lot of our listeners should take uh, that away from it. Don't get, don't be afraid to just jump in and just try, you know, obviously you want to do your due diligence. Like you were talking about, get educated, but at, as soon as you hit a wall with that, take off, you know, start taking action. Um, the, another thing I want to jump into is, uh, you know, we talk to uh, a number of passive investors, um, um, cause we're passive investors ourselves. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't know about syndication, real estate syndication. So, mm. uh, and, and there's a lot of similarities of why people would get into, um, uh, syndications, whether you're on the active or passive, right? I mean, really, obviously there's a little bit of difference, but for the most part, the, the reasons we get into these things are, are pretty much the same. So why syndication? I mean, obviously what are some of the reasons why you got into syndication and why syndication, uh, a good investment? That's a great question. And this is what I absolutely love talking about because once it became crystal clear to me, I like, I just want to shout it from the mountaintops. <laughs> um, you know, growing up right outside of New York city, I think it's in our DNA to be a little bit skeptical. Um, in fact, the guys, uh, in the firehouse, they'll call me burning man off and you know, they talk about my Ponzi scheme, you know, uh, syndication. So, <clears throat> you know, like there's that, there's that like factor of like, you know, uh, get rich and get rich overnight, like in real estate that people have in their minds. And, um, you know, when people hear, Oh, you kind of put your money together and you buy real estate. Oh, that sounds like a Bonzi scheme. I'm out. I don't want to hear about it. I'm out. You know? Um, so it's really kind of hard sometimes to break through, but you know, the, and also like, you know, by nature, like I'm a competitive guy. I played sports mm -hmm. my whole entire life. Like I want to win and I want to be on the pitcher's mound and I want to do this. So when people want to get into real estate, they want to buy their own house. They want to mm -hmm. fix that thing and they want to take all the profits. And, you know, I don't think a whole lot of people go into real estate thinking that, you know what, I can team. I can team up with, you know, a couple of different investors. We'll pull money, we'll buy a bigger property and we'll split the profits and, you know, because maybe just the, the the idea isn't that clear. And that's where I that's where I love talking to the passive investors and explaining to them that listen, you know, the syndicator, the sponsor, does all the heavy lifting. They find the property, they get to they, they secure the financing, they do the due diligence, they get everything inspected, dot the I's and cross the T's, go through the rent roll, find out who has credit scores of you know, whatever, and who makes how much money and how long they've been there. Like, you know, there's a ton of work that goes into the, to the acquisition of a multifamily uh, apartment building. But when all that, that, when that's all done and the magic of the spreadsheet tells you it's a deal, then it's a deal. And we can return seven, eight, nine, 10, 11% to our investors on a yearly basis. Um, you know, it depends on what kind of deal you get into. Is it a strict cash flow play where you're just going to get, you know, cash on cash return each year until sale? Or is there going to be some sort of value add? And uh, if people aren't familiar with value add in, in multifamily, it's basically if you improve a building and you improve the what's called the net operating income, uh, which is really the health of the building, uh, it automatically drives up its, its value. So you can actually force value in multifamily. Whereas your one to four unit properties, you have to wait for your neighbor's house to appreciate so you can appreciate too, you know? Um, so there's all sorts of strategies where you can do a cash out refinance on a, you know, uh, say, you know, most, most properties are like a five to seven year hold or a seven to 10 year hold. But if there's a refinance, that's tax free money going back into the investor's pocket. Uh, that's a non-taxable event, you know, and then you, you still continue to cash flow until sale. Uh, so 
really for passive investors who want all the benefits of owning real estate. Um, you know, you're still going to get depreciation. You're still going to be able to take place, uh, take part in paper losses. You're still going to take, you know, uh, get to take uh, part in the appreciation, the upside, and you get cash flow. I mean, so you got tax benefits, cash flow. You got uh, paper losses. Uh, you got fixed rate, um, long-term debt on your property. Um, so the hardest part of your day is to part ways with your um, your investment, you know, with your capital, and then you're done. Um, you know, so it's really it's a it's a fabulous way to dip your toe into the real estate investing world. Um, and once you find the sponsor or a team that you like, or two or three teams that you like, you literally don't have to, you know, look for properties ever again. You just kind of look, you know, look for their, their email that says we have a deal coming up. Yeah. I want to, I want to touch something like you just said, like you, you, you know, people being skeptical, like, cause there's, mm-hmm. there is this, um, maybe this misconception or thought that, you know, it's a get rich quick. Like there is no way, you know, some of this stuff happened relative to time, I guess. Some of this stuff happens kind of quickly, you know, but we're talking about a year and a half of your success. This isn't an overnight thing. And and there is that element of like, maybe it sounds too good to be true. They don't fully, they don't fully understand that it's, it's not too good. It's great. It's wonderful. It's not too good to be true though, because people are doing it and I mean, you're doing stuff that's clear proof of concept. And I think that that's going to go uh, a long ways just to like validating, you know, your this made off angle that these guys have on you, you know, when you come back and you get to floss a little bit and show them like the, a couple successes that you just had and it brings somebody just a little bit closer to our side of the fence. No, I think it's, I didn't really have a real point to that, I think, but uh, I think it's awesome. Yeah, but you know what? Like, you know, a lot of people don't hear about syndication because, <clears throat> you know, this used to be something that was, you know, talked about at the country clubs and the yacht clubs. And, you know, it was in like a small little circle. And you had to, you had to have access to somebody that was doing this right. so that they could get you in, right? Because, you know, the SEC has pretty, pretty clear guidelines on, sure. um, you know, taking other people's money to purchase real estate. So, um, you know, I think with social media and with uh, YouTube and, you know, a ton of people putting themselves out there on podcasts and and writing books about passive investing, it's become way more mainstream. And the SEC has, you know, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but right, but they have the two exemptions, the 506B and the 506C. Uh, Basically, you know, with the 506C, people can advertise their, deals and you know put facebook ads up and and those are for accredited investors only uh and then there's 506b which i think the majority of syndications fall under 506b which means that you can have an unlimited amount of accredited investors and up to 35 non-accredited but sophisticated investors so you know with social media and and podcasts i think it's become way more mainstream still a lot of people don't know about it but now it's available to so many more people because the fact that it's out there, people are talking about it. Um, so it's been around forever. Uh, just more people just finding out about it. 
You know, and it is, it is crazy that it's been around for so long. I got to be honest with you. Uh, we know we fully believe in the power of synd- real estate syndications and passively investing in them if you're partnered with the right people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I got to be honest, uh, when we first heard, heard about syndications and actually, actually learned about it, not really just first heard about it, when we actually learned about what it was and the power of it and you know, the benefits, I, I was really kicking myself for not knowing about it before. You know, it was one of those things like, oh my gosh, I could have I saved so much time and agony really uh, with if I would have just you know, found out about this earlier. And so, you know, as soon as we found out about it, it was like, you know, we got to tell more people and yeah. sure. There, and then sure, you know, for, so for people like the three of us, you know, we hear about syndication and real estate investing pretty much all day, every day. That's, mm-hmm. we've immersed ourselves in this world. So it seems like everybody's doing it, but the reality is that's not true, right? There's still plenty of people who haven't heard of syndications who aren't investing in syndications or real estate really, you know? So uh, I think there's a, a lot of room there for, for growth, but the fact that it has grown more mainstream is, I think is a good thing, right? Cause it's bringing attention to uh, this investment vehicle and it's going to be good for, um, uh, for investors like us going forward. So 100%. And I, you know, I tell people all the time, if I knew what, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have spent my capital on that first three family property. Mm. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad I did and gave me my proof of concept and it gave my wife's a proof of concept and I've learned a ton from it. Um, but knowing what I know now, I would have either invested passively or went straight to multifamily. We're in the same boat, man. Exact same boat. You know, this has been a great conversation. We've really enjoyed getting to learn about you and your journey in real estate investing. But before we get out of here, we want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you, Tim. So tell us just what you have going on. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> um, so working from home is interesting, right? When I when I started when I started this process, uh, my goal was to work while my girls were in school uh, from nine to three thirty, and then COVID hit. Um, and I started working from home as they were home from school for like six months. Right. So, um, anyway, so they're back to school two days a week and we're making that happen. And, uh, we actually lost the deal. I was telling you guys off air before this, uh, before we got started, uh, we lost a pretty significant deal, uh, today, uh, yesterday. And then this morning I wake up and, uh, you know, I touch base with a broker and there's a brand new deal, uh, to, to get after. So, um, that's just, that's real estate, right? I mean, um, the good thing is with commercial real estate, it either makes sense on the spreadsheet or it doesn't. Uh, if it doesn't, you throw it in the garbage and you go to the next one. Um, but you know what? Having that fiduciary responsibility to the investors and being good stewards of their capital, uh, you want to make sure you get the best deal for them. And uh, that's what we're doing. So we're trying to make it happen. That's awesome, man. You guys are making big moves over there at Cityside Capital. Actually, with that being said, can you tell us a little bit more about Cityside Capital and you know, maybe some of our, invest- or some of our listeners can check you out there? Yeah, so Cityside Capital is the name of the uh, investment company my brother and I uh, started. Uh, my brother had a background in real estate. Uh, he's been all over the country. Um, and, you know, getting into this, he saw what I was doing and he very quickly was like, I want to be involved, you know. So uh, he's down in Virginia and I'm up, I'm up in New York. And, you know, we just um, we hit the ground running and it's been great. I get to talk to him multiple times per day. It's been just awesome. And, uh, so uh, we started City Side of Capital, and it, honestly, the hardest part in the beginning is, um, you know, what do you do first? Do you get the website going first? Do you tell people what you're doing first? And what do you do first? But uh, we figured it out, and we have that divisional labor going on, and um, you know, so far so good. I mean, we're we're still so new um, in in we're in our infancy in our company, but 
being aligned with more experienced operators and having them as partners and mentors, it's just been, uh, it's been incredible. So, um, so yeah, I mean, we're Cityside Capital. You can find us at uh, citysidecap.com. Uh, and then my email is simply tim at citysidecap.com. And Greg is Greg. At st- it's really original stuff, right? Greg <laughs> at citysidecap.com. So, um, you got to make it simple, man. That's what it's got to be. Yeah. You know, so I'm, on, was- I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn too. I do my absolute best to respond to everybody. Um, so shoot me a message, friend me, um, and, and we'll, we'll hop on a call if you want. We'll chat. We know you have some resources for investors, uh, the, you know, the investors club and the blog. Do you want to talk a little bit about that for a second, just so where they can find that? Yeah. So anybody who's in, uh, interested in seeing our deals, um, we partner with straw Point equity, uh, Chris Jackson, that, that's my mentor and he's my partner. Um, but you can, you can sign up for, um, our investor club at citysidecap.com slash invest hyphen with hyphen us. Or there's a link just to go to just go to the main page and click on it and then um every week uh we uh we put out a blog a blog post um but we really try to um we really try to keep it simple like you know nobody nobody wants to hear about irr and uh, you know all these crazy metrics because people just you know they turn they a confused mind says no right so um we really try to write the blog post with the uh, passive investor in mind to let them know that, you know, yes, this is possible. Yes. There's people like us out there that are willing to hop on a call and explain everything to them to make them comfortable. Because when I talk to investors on the phone, I literally tell them, I want you to be hundred percent sure this is, you know, tell me, ask me any question you want, because you know, at the end of the day, this is the long-term relationship and I want to, I want to have that great relationship with you. So, uh, so every Tuesday our blog post comes out. Um, you can sign up on our website. We can get you. Uh, we can get you into that. We have a great um, uh, report on our website, uh, free download. Uh, if you want to check that out, so yeah, there's tons of resources. Awesome. You know, we highly encourage our listeners to go check out Cityside Capital for sure. You know, check out what Tim's doing, making some big moves over there, real, real fast too. You know, it's like you, you guys took action and you guys are making moves quickly, and I love that, man. That's uh, that's amazing. And we'll make sure to put all those things, uh, your contact information, where they can find these resources. We'll put all that in the show notes so our listeners can find. Great. It. Thank you so much, Tim. Man, it was great having you on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Oh, likewise, guys. Thanks a lot. No Take problem. Care. All right, that's all we have for today. So to our listeners, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.